Radio Newark, the home of Radio Newark Sport. Weeknights from 7. Radio Newark Sport. Brought to you with Smith's Timber Merchants. For all your fencing, decking and DIY needs on Appleton Gate, Newark. Visit smithstimber.co.uk. Tonight, our last guest of the year is simply one of the best football club secretaries in the county, if not the country. He's the man that Flowserve turned to to guide him through the jungle that is Step 5 Football. You've guessed it, KP's at Sport HQ. I'm Mick Bradley, he's Tony Smith. This is the renowned Radio New at Sport. So let's start with the local headlines. And Newark Flow Serve had to come from 2-0 down and 4-3 down to overcome a very stubborn West Bridgeford by the odd goal in nine and progressing to the last 16 of the Not Senior Cup. The winning goal coming in the 89th minute with a Greg Smith with Greg Smith heading home. After the keeper had initially saved his penalty, yep, it was that sort of night. Southall City's tie at Arnold was postponed, so all eyes now turn to the sports village tonight where Newark Town aim to follow the works into the hat. Allsworth Villa stand in their way. 7.30 kickoff for this one. New York Golf Clubs, Tom Bean and Lee, and Lee Mellers were joint first as the club proudly hosted the Nottinghamshire Winter Alliance, the Roy Fletcher Memorial Trophy. And in other news from the golf club, they're delighted to announce that a good friend of this show, Keith Whitfield is going to be their 2020 club captain and he's chosen the Children's Bereavement Centre as his charity for the year and Keith will be joining us sometime early on next year. The Grove Squash Club's winter handicap is now underway and a full list of results and the draw for round two are on our social media pages. And there's more success for the tennis club men's ones at the weekend. They made it four wins out of four in the Winter League with victory over Magdala. The ladies first were not quite as fortunate in their first match of the season in division play. They travelled to top of the table, Lady Bay, who fielded a strong county player in first pair. Gallant effort, but a 41-67 defeat. And finally, in the UK Cyclocross National Trophy Round 6, held at the York Sports Cycle Circuit over the weekend, our very own Zoe Codd finished 12th in the veteran women's race in what was yet another very wet and muddy conditions. Florence Richman from Newark Castle Cycling Club finished a very good 15th in the under-16 girls' race. Well done to all of them. Your sport for choice for football tonight. You can either go down to the Sports Village. That one's an half-seven kick-off to see Newark take on Orsworth. Or, very quickly, jump in the car and get yourselves up Station Road at Collingham to watch Knott's under-16s take on Leicestershire in a local derby. The main interest, our very own Josh Burkett. Knott's under-16 captain. Well done, young Josh. So, under-16s football at Station Road. Not senior cup football at the Sports Village. That's your choice. One more bit of sports news. David Coote is in the middle tonight at Old Trafford as Ollie Gunner's world stars take on Colchester United in the League Cup quarter-final. And in even more Coote news, 
Our local whistler has been promoted onto the FIFA list, starting on January the 1st. Um, well done, Cootie. And all those that can remember him sending Masky off on Bolton <laughs> Playfield one evening. <laughs> one of them's come a long way since that night. <laughs> and it probably isn't Masgate. Right, before we get to our distinguished um, guest, um, Fallon Sherrick, Mr Smith. Mm. She's become the first woman to win a match at the PDC World Darts Championships, coming back to stun Ted Everts 3-2 in London. And why not? Because it's darts, isn't it? It's not a game of strength, so there's no reason why a lady shouldn't not be more accurate than a man when when chucking the tungsten. When it comes to certain sports, then men will win more times than not because of personal strength and the darts are different between the sexes. When it comes to accuracy and chucking tungsten, why not? Good honour. Good luck to her. Good luck to her. Um, she's, um, there's, apparently there's two women in the 96th person field the other lady got knocked out in in the first round but yeah absolutely good luck to her yeah i mean it's 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 a, it's a great news story obviously because of the battle of the sexes you know it, it goes right back to billy billy jean king doesn't it but when she took on the uh um, she played darts <laughs> no, no but I bet, I, bet, I bet she'd be pretty good she's american she should probably start up a union but um, it's basically, uh, it's, it's, it's been a, an ongoing battle for ages, and when it comes to darts, absolutely no reason whatsoever. Liverpool's under-23 manager Neil Critchley has defended the club's decision to play their youngest ever side in the 5-0 defeat by Aston Villa in the Carabao Cup quarter-finals. The average age of the team was 19 years and 128 days, as the Liverpool senior side are in, somewhere in where it's warm, um, for the World Club Cup and actually they're drawing one all after 79 minutes against a Mexican team which is not a brilliant result for them um, I think Liverpool the FA have have done the dirty on Liverpool they're, they're representing the FA on the world stage and they're still making them play a cup quarter final technically 24 hours before on the other side of the world it's crazy well, I don't really know why they had to play it because Liverpool are essentially only there for tonight's match and for Saturday's semi-final or third-place playoff. So why couldn't they have just postponed it for a week? Yeah, I, I just really cannot understand. I mean, I think it's the FA being bloody-minded in the extreme. I don't agree with what Man United did. Say, OK, if you're going to tell us that we're pulling out the FA Cup, but it probably did make a point. Be very interesting if it was the FA Cup and not the Football League Cup. Mm. The FA would making would have made probably a different decision on that one. I think it's poor. I think it's poor. And finally, Exeter Chiefs are being allowed to stage a home quarter final um, in the Champions Cup, even though their ground doesn't meet the fifteen thousand minimum capacity. So there's a rule there: if your grounds don't, it's not fifteen thousand. You can't play at home. But because Exeter Chiefs have never reached this stage, well, they have reached stage, but never played a home match they're going to make an exception now is that trying to accommodate and look after the clubs that's in there unlike the fa or is there's a role there and it should be played because they haven't got fifteen thousand. so what i'm really saying the rugby people seem to be going down a different line completely to the fa to the football people and saying okay we know it's not big enough but let's try and accommodate you yeah i mean that that's on compassionate grounds isn't it where uh, rules can be bent you know, but I mean, it's it's just. I think rugby people are different people to the football association. 
And I know that Dave Duddles has got different opinions about the RFU, <laughs> which we've heard many a time on here, but, you know, that's, I think... Um, I, th I think rugby people are more likely to go down lines of common sense than the football association. But why did Dave Duddles en en end up at Kellen Road? Because he couldn't work with the football association <laughs> any longer. <laughs> it's as simple as that. <laughs> OK, I've been looking forward to this one for an awful long time because I didn't really think it would ever happen. But it has. So after a distinguished career at Lowfields, the Not Senior League and the Notts FA, Mr Preston went into self-imposed retirement. Flowserve come knocking on the door and they knocked for an awful long time and very loudly and eventually persuaded Kevin to come back out of that retirement and guide them through Step 5 football. So we'll start off, obviously, by saying good evening, Kevin. Good evening, Mick. Um, the question, the first question is how big was that decision to return to football? And then we'll go on to is it harder than you thought it was going to be? Let's just start with... How much thought did you have to give it when Craig Roach knocked on the door and says, I need you? Uh, I did think about it long and hard. And uh, as you know, my heart's always been at Lowfield since 1993 and obviously previous secretary for a lot of years and things like this through, through the different guises as Worthington Simpson, IDP Newark, Newark Flowserve. And... Uh, being one of the ones responsible for what I'm told is the or horrible orange kit, which was, <laughs> at the time, we didn't have a lot of kits. We had yellow and blue, and everywhere we went, people were playing in blue or yellow. So we decided we would have orange, because then we wouldn't have to change the kit so much. <laughs> and unfortunately, it stuck for all the years. Can yeah. I just say one thing, though? Going back to Mr. Coot. Yeah? I was actually on... The original Alliance committee, when uh, Mr. O Pete Oxbray and Dave Todd were discussing whether or not he was too young to referee a league game in the Newark Alliance. At that time, as you know, David used to run the line for Wheat Sheaf and everything and things like that. And it came down to a vote, and I was actually one of the ones that said, yes, let him referee. Uh, but that's going back a lot of years ago now. Mm. And obviously, the young man's come on very, very well since then. And. Uh, so you, you've made this Craig basically persuaded there's a lot going off behind the scenes to, well, the, to get you there but the overriding thing on this and it's no secret you've also not been too well over the last couple of years well I, I had a bad year last year health wise and obviously I had the three R tops but uh, a lot better now getting there now I did have a defibrillator fitted and I think sometimes at the football I take months <laughs> off the battery life of it. It was sparking. It was sparking last night. Uh, but no, I, I did think about it long and hard. I did miss the football. But I mean, when I stepped down, I was still involved with the Knotts FA. I was still involved in advisory with the Knotts Senior League, you know, with the committee and decisions and things like that, rules and competition, deceit and that. And then it got worse and worse. I mean, when they moved out to Chilwell, I mean, they added another half an hour on the journey every time you went to a meeting so I decided to take a break so I was asked by several people I went up a few times to watch them last year enjoyed my visit and when I realised you know people like Glenn Cobb you know gent total gentlemen were going to be involved and uh, things like this obviously the input from Gary Clark who can be persuasive it can be persuasive, but I suppose in Newark is a bit like Marmite. 
you either love him or you hate him. You love him because of what he's done for Flowserve, or you hate him because of what he's done for Flowserve. Yeah. But, you know, he's a character and uh, a local businessman, and he's, you know, he's put his belief behind Flowserve. I want to c- I'll come back to Flowserve a little bit later and your thoughts on where all that is is going when you was last running a football club flow serve or whatever disguise was in on and them mm. days most of it was done with a pen and piece of paper and all that sort of thing now you've got the fa whole game system of which the more people i talk to the more people tell me it's one of the biggest it nightmares there is out there um is is it a lot harder than you thought it would be with what's entailed in running a step five football club? I think it's a lot more rigid with the whole game system and the FA full time system, uh, especially when you're trying to approach other players. And obviously, step five is the highest level what use the FA full time system. So if we go to somebody at step four or step three for a player you've then got to go through the fa and through the county fa and get permission and you've still got all the seven day approach you know you, you you've got to approach the player with the seven days but once you've done that and the players said yes you've still then got to go through the whole rigmarole and obviously if you want somebody on a contract loan you've then got to go down that road and obviously the higher you go up the better quality of the player and people want them on contracts or you know they want to tidy their investment up stop people taking them and things like this uh there are people that dual sign so that if the game hasn't the team hasn't got a game on a saturday they can play for somebody else midweek but that can be a nightmare because you know you've then got are they cup tied have they played in this competition you come to the league cup have they played for a league in the League Cup in their league because once you've played in the League Cup you can't step down to play in a lower League Cup you can step up it's like years ago when you used to have the Saturday Minor Saturday Junior and Saturday Senior Cup you could play for the A team the following week you could play for the reserves in the in the Junior Cup and the following week you could be a sub for the first team in the Senior Cup but obviously once you've made the step up you can't come back down But and it, you get one chance at this don't you yeah and, and obviously uh, you make a mistake at this level and you're punished it's points fine and uh, you know your name's in the mud lots more to come as we're going to bring Kevin sort of um, up to date and we're going to do a bit, a bit of reminiscing along but this is a bit that he didn't want me to talk about but what the heck <laughs> um, we all know about Kevin the administrator but not many of us know about Kevin the footballer now You've got a footballing brain, we know that, because you, you, you what you say gen, generally happens. So where did you play your football? As I understand it, 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 was, in, it was in Glasgow. Now, I'm assuming that uh, local league football in Glasgow is, uh, is not a pretty boy match. Uh, no, and with an English accent, it could be very entertaining <laughs> sometimes. Uh, I did play for Balderton in Newark when I used to come home and everything when I first moved away and things like that but I played for Peter Zill in Glasgow and I, I played for Kirkintill at Rob Roy and uh, yeah it was very entertaining but uh, my parentage was questioned rather a lot <laughs> usually with the word English before it <laughs> but as I say uh, and it's funny the referees used to remember you but I used to say it's because 
they don't come across that many English players so they remember you other people would say it was because my tackling was a little bit late but I, I thought you were going to say the referees called you it as well <laughs> well they might have done under the breath they might have done but as I say but no, it was entertaining what what I mean I always I'll rant on forever and day about the not the old knots alliance being a, as good a standard as, as as anywhere in the country what was the standard of football in the local Glasgow leagues well, well they have what they call junior football which is like your step three step four as it is now and you've got your Pollocks your P- Petersill where there's a lot of ex-professionals coming down or players going up you know the, you, places at that time like Falkirk and Stirling East Stirling Albion Rovers out in Coatbridge you know um, but then you had uh, your kill winning Rangers yeah, they had a very strong Ayrshire league you know, with Kilburnie Ladeside, Kilwinning, and people people like that, and uh, basically that was village pride. And 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 was it sort of RHP against New Inn every week? Uh, yes, it was. <laughs> uh, it was like a junior Celtic Rangers most weeks. Yeah, uh, and if it was the east of Glasgow, uh, Petersell or somewhere like that, playing uh, Postle Park or somewhere like that, yeah. Glasgow Royal Infirmary could be busy. <laughs> but then again, it's the same everywhere. You've got good and bad. I mean, I've seen matches in Newark and you think, you know, wow, did I just really watch that? You know, and then you see other games. But there's good and bad everywhere. I mean... So, <laughs> so you was obviously a defender. Yeah, I I mean, right. from what I've known of, you, you, you're not built for a flying wingers job. No, I was never blessed with speed, and uh, <laughs> my creativity was a little bit nulled. But if the manager, likes of Billy Fulton, said to me, "That winger's too quick," I used to get asked to slow him down a little bit. <laughs> but reduce. But then, <laughs> yeah. This is what doesn't happen anymore, right? We're gonna. <laughs> We're going to talk about last night's fo- football match. We're going to talk about the Not Senior League, and we're going to talk about Lowfield's past and present, and some of the great players and the great memories from his time there. Just to tell you that uh, we're into injury time in the World Club Championship semi-final, and guess what? Firmino has scored and put Liverpool two-one in front. Classic Liverpool. And for the last time this year. Let's go to Not Fast with Not Fast Dave and all the news of what I've got no doubt is being very cold, very muddy, very wet, but enjoyable with copious amounts of wine and cake. Dave, all yours. Thanks, Mick. Um, yeah, so a little bit busier this week than it was last. Have 31 club members over three different part runs. Um, a little further afield, Nick Harrison, he took part in the London Pantomime Horse Race. That was with his wife, dressed as a pantomime horse. Now, we've not got no official time for Nick. Apparently, there's some organisational issues. Uh, a little bit close to home, we had uh, the Marimar... Blah, blah, words. Hang on, ju- hang on. Just let me get my head around that. His wife dressed? No, with his wife, dressed as a horse. So, together... Who was the head and who was the back part? I don't know. I tend not to ask too many questions about the personal <laughs> life. Um, but I think Nick was the back end. Right. Well, yeah, well, we'll just we'll just let the imagination run wild on that one and let you move on. 
Uh, yeah, so a little close to home, we had uh, the Maramile Newark Showground Challenge. That's the one put on by Adam Holland. Um, it's basically people taking on as many laps of the uh, 3.28-mile course as possible. Split over two days. Uh, on day one, which was on the 14th, on Saturday, Kira Green, she completed two laps in one hour, 37.44. Rick Dobbs came first in completing one lap, 29 minutes, 05. Peter Middleton, he completed one lap, 30 minutes, 6. Jane Weeway completed two laps, 58 minutes, 53. And Simon Keyworth, again, two laps in 101.46. Now, on the Sunday, um, had a few of the same names come up. Keira Green, she did another lap in 47.32. Rick Dobbs, he did two laps coming in second uh, in one hour and eight seconds. Jane Weeway did two laps, 58 minutes, 52. Simon Keyworth, he also did two laps, 101.46. And Simon Locke completed eight laps, which, for, to put it into perspective, that's the same distance as a marathon in three hours, 49 and 50. So some interesting races over the last uh, weekend. And I think it's going to be relatively quiet now up until the new year. We've got the standard part runs, the Boxing Day handicaps coming up um, until the new year when we've got the um, the cross-countries, which start on the 5th of January. Um, and that is that is fun time, isn't it? It is a fun and muddy time. It, it most certainly is. is. So you're, uh, you're venturing out on Boxing Day morning? I'm not, no. I'll be oh, too Dave. full of uh, whiskey and food from the uh, evening before to do a race. But uh, I've got no doubt plenty of Not Fast members will be out at um, the Handicaps on Scons on Boxing Day morning, and we're oh, going to be there as well. They will indeed. Good stuff. Dave, have a great Christmas, and we'll catch up with you again with all the news in the new year. Lovely, you too. Thanks, mate. Thanks, Dave. Bye. Dave Fardy there, who we talk to every week with all the Not Fast news. Right, uh, back to the last guest of the year, and we'll go back to last night when um, his flow serve team went over to um, West Bridgeford to play in round three, round three, round three of the Not's Senior Cup. And, um, well, I think it, you can only classic Kevin as a Christmas cracker. Uh didn't do the heart rate any good. <laughs> no, I should think that that little machine of yours didn't know what to do. Uh, I mean, we started very brightly. Uh, Kyle Dixon forced a good save out of their keeper. They went up the road and their man of the match, Ben Clark, the number seven, uh, basically tore us to pieces in, pe- in places. He scored a cracking goal. And then what happened next? It's a $64,000 question. High ball in the box, came down. Whether Joe lost it in the floodlights or whatever, but it went between his shoulder and the the bar and nestled in the net to give them a 2-0 lead. It, it took a lot of doing to squeeze that in there. Uh, I don't know how he did it. No, it was... With Joe's arm, um, unless it rolled down the back yeah, of his hand and yeah, off his elbow, it, it, but yeah. it was... I don't know where... I suppose it was a little bit windy and and the floodlights, but a couple of minutes later, he made an absolutely fantastic save. So, one of them things. Then just before the half-time, Zach Goodson broke away and his pace had scared them all night. Both defenders went to him and as they went to ta- tackle him, the ball got flicked sideways and 
Ben Hutchinson buried it into the bottom right hand corner uh, took the goal very very well and while they were still trying to work out what had happened another long ball over the top and uh, Kyle spot on Dixon got hold of the ball took it round the keeper put it in and we went in 2-2 and everyone was still bemused how we went in 2-2 because it's Christmas and this doesn't happen very often I've got to give the referee a lot, a lot of credit on the Carl Dixon goal because the assistant referee put his flag up and at the same time as he put his flag up he obviously buzzed him to say offside he realised that you are actually supposed to pass the thing to somebody to be offside and put the flag straight down but he had already buzzed him Yeah. but the referee didn't do the obvious and whistle well, no, you can't be offside when you're the no. only attacking... And the linesman on our side, and he actually went, got that wrong, but if the referee had whistled, the game would have stopped and it would have been 2-1 at half-time. Yeah. So because Carl had actually took the ball past the yes. defender, yeah. then he decided to flag. Well, obviously, he's took the ball himself. Mm. He hasn't played a 1-2 with himself or anybody else. So, but it, as I say, we went in at half-time 2-2, relieved, bemused... <coughs> Uh, It'd be interesting, because ten minutes previous to that, it was one hell of a different half-time team talk. Well, yeah, uh, I, I can imagine it was. And then, obviously, second half, handball in the box. Ben Hutchinson dispatched it. 3-2. Uh, We're coasting. We have another couple of chances. The keeper, who's also called Clark, Sam, makes, makes a couple of good saves. Uh, they then go down the field. Ball breaks out wide, and the guy hits it from... 25 yards and it just seemed to squirm through Joe's hands above his head and ended up in the net 3-3 while we're trying to work out what was going on they took the lead 4-3 and we're all thinking really? <laughs> Cracking game of football not really a bad tackle in the game end to end stuff I mean for a neutral it would be an absolute Joy. beauty it w- yeah. uh, then he decides to put Saul Miller on with fresh legs and his pace at the end of the game uh, <laughs> ball gets knocked out Dave Beckett uh, sorry Jack Beckett another sub he gets down the left hand side beats the full back squares it into the box and uh, Sol guides it in at the back <coughs> post uh, I must admit at one point it was a bit like slow motion the way it well we waited for it to go in didn't we yeah it, it you know eventually went in and then uh, a few minutes later Sol beats the defender goes running into the box and the keeper catches him uh, I must admit I've seen them not given <laughs> uh, but I suppose it, it's like you know you take it if you get one you get one if you don't you don't because uh, we've had stone wall cases yeah, yeah. Zach Coventry and things like this they where never t- appealed though did they no I mean I'd have still been arguing the point now if I was a Westbridge uh, so then I looked and I thought wait a minute We've took Ben Hutchinson off. We've took Carl Dixon off. That's the two penalty takers. Greg gets it. I went, well, he took his one in the shootout all right. Greg gets it straight down the middle. Keeper saves it. Bounces up in the air and Greg heads it into the net. Very, very relieved team and supporters. Uh, fair play to West Bridgeford after the game. They were very complimentary. Said how much they'd enjoyed it. Thanked the, once again, the fantastic travelling support. Uh, I mean, we have been truly blessed this season with it. Um, uh, several teams have had their highest crowd of the season when Flow Server visited them, so that's very nice. But onwards and upwards, we've now got 
an even bigger game on Saturday when we entertain Sporting Kausa who are up there two points in front of us but if somebody has said to me in August you're coming to Christmas you're in the mix in the league got a game in hand on some teams you're still in three cups you're in the fourth round of the FA Vars in the fourth round of the County Cup you're in the draw for the third round of the League Cup I just said don't take the pee <laughs> apart, apart from that being an absolute nightmare for the players it's not a nightmare is it because you know you want to be in all these competitions but it's going to put one heck of a stress on it it must also put one hell of a stress on the secretary well it does because you've got to keep rearranging fixtures and everything and, and in this league you get seven days to do it uh, and you've got seven days to rearrange the fixture and it has to be re- rearranged within 42 days so that's all right as long as the opposition secretary play ball if they hang it out and hang it out you can soon both be in trouble for me last night's highlight and i don't think i've ever seen it before and, and you probably had to be there to to see this but i'm, I'm going to give it a go long ball f- forward by flosev their keeper who went from brilliant to interesting at times comes galloping out of his area misses the ball completely <laughs> zach is zach goodson looks to be through on goal the keeper turns around gets his foot on the ball manages to nutmeg the flow serve centre forward while they're running back towards the goal it was an amazing incident yeah the, the, there was a couple there was like one earlier uh, uh, just after that there was a long ball in and their keeper missed it and it hit the post and bounced back into the keeper's hands it was that, so, sort, it was that sort of night wasn't it with yeah. the mist rolling in from the trent I'm glad you got that bit in your report yeah, Mr Smith yeah. um, anyway um, coming up next I think what Kevin Preston's greatest football achievement is we'll see if he agrees with me I'm Mick Bradley and you're listening to the unique Radio Note Sport live on FM DAB and online around the world with our friends at Smith's Timber and good morning is it now to our listeners in New Zealand and Australia yes we do have them expats don't forget if you missed out on any any of our shows they're all on the Radio Newark website now just go to the podcast section and listen away in the latest count 478 hours you've got to listen to there you go what more can you ask for you tell me you're bored sometimes there's no need to be bored when you can 478 hours of listening to me and Tony said bored not insomnia Kevin's gone right um (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what do I think Kevin's best achievement in football is? <coughs> One of the famous four that set up the Not Senior League. Tell me about how that happened. Uh, it was actually six, okay. not four. All right. <laughs> Obviously, Frank Hunt, who was uh, the fixture <coughs> secretary and everything. Frank recently passed away, gentleman. And as you know, come and have a drink, my boy. My boy. That was, that was yeah, his, we did uh, we did that on on the show. That was his favourite saying. Yeah. Uh, John Beeston, who was became the league secretary, Mike Elcock, who was in charge of the referees at Nottingham at the time and uh, on the Knotts Amateur Alliance, Dick Durant, uh, myself, and as I say, uh, they tried to set it up two years earlier, but I vetoed it along with another couple of people because the people that wanted to run the league were still managers at clubs uh, for example John Campbell at Southall he wanted to be involved with running the league but he wasn't going to step down as Southall manager and there was another couple involved like that and to me that's a no-no you know 
that's like turkeys voting for Christmas so then we, we sat down again and we had a chat with uh, the Midland Amateur Alliance the Knots Alliance I mean I was very popular because I was the Knots FA rep on the Knots Amateur Alliance and I was voting to for the breakaway league but to make it a county league which I I still believe all leagues at step 7 should be county leagues I mean a lot of people are going to disagree but the Central Midlands to me should have been the Derbyshire Senior League and the South Yorkshire Senior League all your Yorkshire sides you know your Thorns and Askins and everyone should have all been in that and then all your Derbyshire sides should have been in the Derbyshire Senior League they still would have been playing at step 7 but it would I mean in these days where they're on about carbon footprint and things like this and travelling expenses and the cost to grassroots clubs teams from Newark and Nottingham going to you know 60 miles to Thorn and places like this is just a no-no and and it was silly so we we got the clubs on, on board we got the not FA on board we had chats with Mark Ives and everything at the, at the FA and we decided to progress with it and uh, we formed the Not Senior League uh, 16 strong sides all within the Nottinghamshire border uh, and then after that we pursued the Step 7 because the football in the league was as good as any other football in the Central Midlands but they'd got step 7 and then NSL didn't so I think that's probably one of my prouder achievements with Frank Hunt and John Beeston you know progressing there obviously three years as the chairman of the league but uh, met a lot of good people in football some not so nice but then again <laughs> that that is football and if everyone liked everyone you know it, it would be one of them things but no and I think it's the only way it's going to progress but eventually there will be no step seven football anyway well that's going to be next season so what what do you make now of the fa's decision not to call it step seven anymore take it out of the pyramid system but i understand there's still going to be promotion and relegation into the pyramid yeah um and it's going to be um a county feeder league the 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 sort of halfway point if you like between pub football and um pyramid football from what you said earlier on the FA and you are on the same wavelength on this one they want county leagues to progress into regional league which makes sense because the Central Midlands probably when it was formed you could understand but the Central Midlands League in particular is to me is a dinosaur uh, yeah I, well I suppose it is in some ways but it, it, it doesn't do what it was set out to do uh, and it there is too much travelling in it and, and how they work out who's in the north and who's in the south when in the past you've had clubs further north in the south central Midlands and then you've had teams from Newark in the north and things like you know it just it didn't make sense but as I say uh they provided a lot of football for the people, Frank Harwood and them, over the years. But uh, it, it's outdated now. And uh, it, it's got to step... It, you've got to reduce the cost to local clubs. And 
taking six cars on a 120 mile round trip is not good when they could be playing 15 mile away you know it's time it's like the Midland Football League as a lot of people will know we appealed because in the Midland Football League we've got 900 miles more travelling than we would have had in the United Counties League uh, we now drive past Shepshed Quorn Loughborough to go and play at Coventry and Birmingham so we're driving 30, mile, 30 odd miles past them they then come this way to play Sleaford Deeping Hull Beach and drive past our ground so where that came and the only re- response I got was well we didn't want to split them up because they're derbies well it just didn't make sense but you know we appear but there was 170 odd appeals this year against the allocations and they were all dismissed and basically the grounds were well next season we're restructuring we're moving teams up because there's going to be an extra step forward division there's going to be this and there's going to be that so basically lump it so I did say so the carbon footprint the cost of grassroots football teams they, they don't matter but I never got a reply on that one. No, you wouldn't do. No, it takes us back to where we started the show. Let's um, go with um, your time at Lowfields. I mean, you've got a cup final victory, and um, Mr Briggs himself, one of his more, more famous repeatable comments, Graham's, is that one Saturday medal is worth 20 of your plastic Sunday medals, or it was worth to that effect. And, of course... It wasn't as polite as that, no, but that no, was but the meant, imperial. It, it, it meant that, yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Um, and you, you was running the show when they did actually get a Saturday medal. Yes, uh, very nice win at uh, Ren of Miners Welfare. But, I mean, uh, at that time, I mean, we, we used to get abuse because we had three Grantham players in the tight side. <laughs> I mean, with Gary Breeden, outstanding footballer great goal scorer Martin Wormall he didn't know what he was going to do so we certainly didn't know what he was going to do on the pitch <laughs> and then you had Mark Marmite Fardell you either loved him or hated him a lot of people liked him when he played for Flowserve but because of his free Gables connections on a Sunday they didn't like him and the way he played because he was an attack you know a, a midfield tackler he got stuck in he whinged he moaned but he was good at what he did but as why, I say don't you think that's why Briggy liked him so much uh, yeah but, well they were probably him and the wing commander probably got on yeah, yeah. very well because yeah. I mean Briggy was called the wing commander because his elbows were that high he always looked like he was taking off <laughs> but I mean it, uh, Graham was a great 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 coach it looked, people loved his training the only trouble was I used to have to follow around after Graham calming the players down because his his man management skills weren't as good as his coaching (laughs) and he he upset people but he didn't do it and he did it what he thought was the best way for Worthington Simpson stroke flow surf football club he played up there he he, he wore his heart on his sleeve and I mean some of his statements were let's just say a bit too near the knuckle but he did it for the passion of the football club and he and he was 100% a Lowfields man but as I say unfortunately sometimes his man management skills weren't quite up to what they should have been <laughs> that's uh, diplomatic uh, 
you mentioned Gary Breeden and 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 Marmy. Um, one of the other, some of the others' names that stick out in your mind from well over the years. I mean, the, the early years, people like Dave Edlin, fantastic sweeper. John O was up there for years. John O Andley, fantastic player. I mean, they they've had a lot of good players up there. Masgate was there for years. You know what I mean? Uh, Dave Elliott and people like this involved with the club. Uh, the Fells, you know, they've all been up there. Uh, yeah, I probably need to sit down for an hour and write them all down over the, you know, going back to 1993 or whatever. But uh, I know the circumstances are different, and I know football's different, and I, I, I do appreciate all, all that. But of that group of players, and this group of players, would there be room for the John O'Hanlys and the Gary Breedens, in and the Gary Atwoods, in in what is now step five football Atwood yeah Atwood was a good enough keeper Atwood could definitely have made the step up I mean I saw him as a 16 year but at that time Simos were very lucky they had Reese Lewis Davis Gary Atwood all playing in the county under 18 side as 16 and 17 years old this is this is also a, a, something that Dave Hillier should be proud of because yeah he was mother end to him wasn't he yeah. as well yeah definitely I mean, Dave had a fa- probably the best reserve side ever seen up there. It was a fantastic reserve side. But, I mean, uh, Gary Breeden, brilliant striker. Always get your goal. Uh, the thing that always chuckles to me, we played a team out at Long Eaton. We beat them 6-0. Gary scored all six goals. Took him to the top of the goal scoring chart, and they folded the next day. <laughs> <laughs> they did, didn't they? Yeah, yeah I remember so, that. Yeah. Yes, that's at the marina. So he yes. lost. He lost six goals in twenty four <laughs> hours. Uh, you know, but I mean, uh, Matt Jarman, great player. You know, there have been some good players there who've played at high levels. Joins he for he played there for a while. You know, there've been some very good players, uh, but you couldn't do it without your Lee Shorrocks and people like that you know what I mean uh, Dodson's you know Richard Matt you, all them people you, when you think back there's been a lot a lot of play. that 2000 team was, was probably un, until recent seasons was as good a side as I've seen up there for, for a long long while uh, Matt Roach and people like this you know what I mean they had a very very good 16 players and there's one lad we haven't mentioned as well who had the best left foot I've ever seen in football, Dave Mack. Absolutely. Yeah, but Dave, to be truthful, Dave was coming to the end of his career, really, when, when, when I was a Oh, yeah. I mean... <laughs> it, I, it, it bossed it for really in the reserves more yeah, than anything. Yeah, I, I saw him come on for the reserves. The reserves were losing 2-1. They won 4-2. Dave came on with 20 minutes to go and got man of the match. <laughs> 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 which bemused a few people but he actually came on in the 70th minute and got man of the match lovely sweet left peg you know what I mean so, uh, some of the the stories which these days would be called the less savoury side of football but in them days it was part of what we now lovingly call grassroots football some of the 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 stories have gone down have gone down into folklore and I've got no doubt they've changed countless times but I, I know the truth on most of them and most of them you was actually in the middle of um, I don't know what you mean no of course you don't no, <laughs> but, I mean it couldn't happen in this 
day and age, could it? But in even back 20 years, you know, you fell out big time at Ollerton, you fell out big time here, there, everywhere, but afterwards, it didn't seem to matter, did it? I think abacus springs to mind when well, that was we'd, had, <laughs> we'd had a little problem at Lowfields uh, and in the reverse fixture a little problem we went to Mansfield on a Wednesday night there was Graham Briggs and myself were the only committee technical area people uh, Graham had to run the line so I had the first aid kit and the bucket we had 12 players the sub was Chris Haynes who wasn't 100% either and didn't help that John Stewart scored two goals in the first few minutes and puts two nil up, and eventually were four one up. Uh, just before half time, about five van loads of supporters turned up <coughs> at the ground uh, due to the incident from the first game. So that's all right. Graham's running the line, and one of them tries to grab him while he's running the line with the flag. And he's obviously got the usual cheating B and all this and whatever and flow server 4-1 up uh, and I sort of ran along the line but I forgot I'd got the metal bucket in my hand and uh, I got between <coughs> Graham and their supporters but it sort of got a little bit out of hand but it was just <laughs> that, <laughs> that was uh, that was grassroots football <laughs> that's what you call the good old days we're going to look at what some what the future is going to lie for everybody in a couple of minutes <laughs> unfortunately we've only got 10 minutes left in the show that could quite happily go on for another couple of hours and would all be sitting here mesmerised um, very quickly Kevin because we need two more questions answering really the introduction of money into grassroots football which in your sort of previous life as secretary down there and money wasn't paid to players particularly now it's pretty much the be all and end all if you want to go anywhere because even you know even step seven teams are playing um, are, are paying players and by the way I do have a scoreline from the sports village after 25 minutes it's New Town nil Oldsworth Villa one well they say it's the root of all evil but at the end of the day if you want to progress any higher than step six or whatever you have to have a budget though I must admit when I first considered taking the job and I saw the figures that were being mentioned for Nurtflow Serves budget I thought we'd suddenly been sponsored by PC World or something like that because you know the <laughs> well the reality and what was mentioned by some of our county neighbours was just uh, you know unbelievable I think they've put an extra naught in in one case uh, but you're not, you're not going to attract play- if if you've got a good player in the past we've had it in Newark Matt Roach went to Kidsgrove and places like that because they offered him money Matt Jarman left the town didn't play in the town you know we've, we've had it in the past Mark Fell went to Renneth and things like that lots of years ago uh, it's, it's just a necessary evil uh, and of course the thing is if I say to you you're a player and I'll say oh what do you get a game you might be on £50 but you're going to say oh I'm on £90 I am because you know they don't want to I mean we've had instances where people say we don't pay players we've put seven days in for a player offered him X amount of money 
and he's turned around and said I'm not coming for a pay cut but he don't get paid <laughs> so, so you know it's there's good and bad in it but unless if you want to progress you've got to pay and obviously to keep your better players you've got to give them the money they are worth to do but they're only worth what the club think they're worth and what the club can afford to pay but as I said before the quotes that's been that we're supposed to be paying, well, we we could have bought Mansfield Town Stadium with some of the quotes. I mean, it's just absolute nonsense. But as I said, this is this is where you're always going to get differences, and I suppose uh, little bits of jealousy. I did say to one of our rivals, you know, thirty-five-year-old green-eyed monster's not a you know very good look, you know, just. Where we got five minutes on this one. Where can Flowserve go, and what could potentially stop Flowserve going? They could very, very easily get to the next step. Minimal work to do that. Uh, then again, to attract the players to play at that level, obviously finances are required. Uh, we are becoming more and more self-sufficient because of the fantastic support we've got. Can't thank them enough when I do regular. You know, they're very loyal. They turn up. I mean, the FA Vars were averaging 357 in the three home games in the FA Vars. We're averaging about 300, maybe just dropped slightly under the 300 mark in all 12 home games because, obviously, the last game, we got 125 turning up in a tornado. <laughs> which was unbelievable torrential rain coming down at 45 degrees wind and everything and we still had 125 people turn up I mean hats off to them mm. uh, and it proves they want to see football progress in the town but how far they can go uh, without a big cash influx not a lot further than step four but with grants and everything, if they are available again, who knows? Uh, but at the minute, we need to walk before we try and run. Uh, we've done very, very well this season. We've stabilised. We've proved we can compete at that level. As I said, we're only two points off second place. Got a game in hand on a couple of the teams above us. Uh, but we've still got to play all the top six couple of them twice so it's going to be very interesting but if somebody had said as I said earlier if this is the position we are in now you know coming up to Christmas going to play our sixth game in the FA Vars into the last 32 from 680 odd or whatever it was through to the seeded stages you know you've potentially got Notts County coming to Lowfields or Forest under 23s culture shock city for them but that can happen first and foremost you're, you're a flow serve man secondly you're very much a, a, a football man so from four or five years ago when it looked like Newark football was going absolutely nowhere you've now got one of the top five five football clubs in the country playing out of Newark you've got Newark Town 
banging on the door of promotion into, in, into step six and Collingham finally look like they're getting the ground sorted out and then who's going to stop them it ain't looking bad is it no uh, in the area at the minute football's very strong and and it's good for the town that the teams are all competing and whatever obviously there's a lot of rivalry do you think it's better now that they're competing on different levels uh i think so but i think 99 percent of people are half hoping at some point they draw each other in a cup because the the crowd would be absolutely fantastic and the banter etc would you know the bragging rights etc would go on for a long long time but i mean you potentially 800 people could watch the game you know yeah you, you had 600 odd when you put <coughs> nearly 700 when they played selston last year so if you've got two newark teams both going well at the time yeah I just hope we get the home draw. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing to do with the two thousand pound gate money. No, no, that's that's that's, that's, that's by that season there. What well, it's been an absolute pleasure as I as I knew it would be. It was just hard work and getting you in here, but now you've been in here, you're quite happy to come back again, aren't you? Because you've enjoyed yourself. I yes, think. he's nodding. Thank you. I'll, maybe another two years. <laughs> get off with you. Absolutely brilliant. Education for you, Mister Smith. As ever. As ever. Absolutely superb. Brilliant. Um, right, we're back tomorrow night with the Thirsty Football Show. Pitchside Dave's going to join us, so he'll be able to tell us all about and uh, Newark got on. As far as I know, it's still 1 0 to Orsworth, but uh, we'll be at half time now. No, no we're not. We're about um, half an hour into the match, so um, still plenty of time for Newark to get back into that one. Coming up next on FM, it's Doug All, the fantastic Doug All, and his look at the 60s music scene. And on DAB, Andrew Channing takes you through the night um, with his. Uh, very own look at uh, his style of music. Uh, we're back tomorrow, as I say, with the Thirsty Football Show. So until then, night. Radio News.